What is up, Mountain Family? I'm so pumped to be together today. Uh, if you're new around here, big welcome to you. Do me a favor real quick. Give somebody a shout out in the chat. Maybe give a thumbs up or some praise hands. Just like, let's get excited uh, to be together today because I think God's going to do something big. He's going to show up in a big way, okay? We're wrapping up our series today, Getting Real Relationships. And this, this has been a really important series for us in a season that's, that's unlike any other, where many of our closest friends uh, and relationships have been stretched and pulled. We need to get centered on how to really make relationships work and work well. But we know this, right? Relationships, they're tricky. They're icky. They, they bring with them these moments of awesome joy and excitement, but also moments of extreme frustration and friction. And so we, we've tried over these last few weeks to uncover God's truth and how we go about seeking God's best in our relationships. We've talked about ourselves, singleness, dating, friendships, marriage, sex. We've covered a lot of ground. We've rounded a lot of bases. And today I wanna to bring it all to a close by talking about some really important factor to relationships, one really important factor. Let me, let me say this again, the topic we're gonna to dive into today, it's important to every single relationship. It's important to relationships you might have with a friend, a coworker, a spouse, maybe even your barista at Starbucks, okay? This is key. Today, we're gonna to talk about how to move on. That's right, we're talking about how to move on, but not in the kind of like breakup kind of way. It's not like uh, in fifth grade when Jesse Bloom dumped me and I just couldn't get over it, I couldn't figure out how to move on, okay? We're not talking about that kind of moving on. Instead, we're gonna be talking about the importance of forgiveness. Hear that word, it's a really important word, both the seeking of forgiveness, the, the humility to say, I've done something wrong, I need forgiveness, but also, and just as importantly, and maybe even more difficult, the ability to actually forgive somebody and move on, forgiveness. All right, I want you to say it with me, maybe even type it in the chat, but on the count of three, let's say the word out loud, let's say the word forgiveness out loud. I want, I want everybody really dialed into this, okay, you ready? One, two, three, forgiveness. This is a key to your relationships getting real, a key to your relationships being fruitful, a key to your relationships really being impactful and shaping to your life is the ability to seek forgiveness and to give forgiveness. There's no doubt that relationships at some point will experience friction, right? We've all experienced that. Conflict, it's gonna happen. It's unavoidable, especially in real relationships. When you're really sharing life with others, conflict is gonna come. And when it does, when friction arises, that, that doesn't mean your relationship is broken beyond repair, okay? Those things are gonna happen. I mean, just this week, my wife and I, we got into it about something. I don't even remember what sparked it, but tempers rose and feelings were hurt. A few days later, I couldn't even remember why I went down that path. This past week, I had a run in with somebody I work with and it didn't sit well. It was clear that there was friction there. Yesterday, I heard a bunch of kids outside my house screaming at each other, okay? Someone hit another kid in the face with a ball, right? This stuff's gonna happen. Relationships are going to experience friction. When you do life intimately with others, there's gonna be moments of conflict and pain. And the truth that we need to wrestle down today is what the appropriate response is when that tension comes to the relationships that we love. When friction comes, when, when conflict arises, we make mistakes and hurt others, or others make mistakes and they hurt us, we should be quick to seek forgiveness and quick to offer forgiveness. Why? Well, I, th I think relationships are only made better when we can overcome that friction. And forgiveness goes a long way in building trust and building bonds and building relationships that are truly life-giving. 
when we mess up, when we come up short, we are to seek forgiveness. And on the flip side, when someone seeks forgiveness from us, we are actually to forgive and allow that relationship to continue. Something special happens when we overcome difficulty and relationships to the receiving and the giving of forgiveness. But I think we all know, like, it's not necessarily easy, right? After a number of years of ministry, I've seen too many relationships that are seemingly permanently broken, never been mended, never been fixed, the conflict, the friction, it's never been overcome, and that relationship is still broken. If we, if we don't deal with the conflict, it simmers, it stirs, it's like a mold that's growing behind the surface, bringing with it resentment and anger. And to not do the difficult work of dealing with it, well, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. It leaves you wondering what's wrong with that person, right? It leaves you not wanting to see the relationship work. I mean, I've seen teenagers who are in small groups together, doing life together, and this little problem sneaks its way into their relationship and they never solve it. And because of that, a long-term friendship is now ruined. I've seen spouses who don't want to admit they're wrong. They're not willing to move on and forgive. And because of that, marriages have ended. I've seen people leave long-term careers because of their lack of ability to forgive someone who wronged them. Stuff's hard. It's complicated. It's difficult. It takes work. And in our culture, which is very me-centric, we're almost encouraged to like not forgive, right? Stiff arm. Hold their wrongdoing against them, whoever they are. Use it in court, put it on social media, keep a list of their wrongs, the way that they hurt you, find a way to hurt them back. Talk about it to others, gossip about what they did, make sure everybody else knows not to trust them. It's almost as if we've forgotten that forgiveness is a primary spiritual discipline of every Christ follower. Let me say that again, I want you to listen closely. I want you to hear this. Forgiveness is a primary spiritual discipline for every Christ follower. Calling it a spiritual discipline means it won't necessarily be easy. It's going to require some work. But let me challenge you to believe it's absolutely a necessity. And good news, church, there's no shortage of scripture to remind us of this reality. So so let's jump in. And I want to start with this very simple truth, okay? God forgave us. And if we are walking with God, then we need to forgive others. If this is new news to you, I want you to stop and and really hear this and soak it in and know that if you turn to God in repentance, if you seek Jesus, if you declare Jesus as Lord and Savior and you confess your sins to him, did you know that he forgives anything and everything you've done? Yeah, for real, all of it. We recap it in Ephesians 2 often just to show us the beautiful grace and hope found in the love of Christ. In Ephesians 2, it says, as for you, you were dead in your sins and your transgressions in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. Like like you did bad stuff. Like some of us, I've done really bad stuff and it hurt my relationship with God. That bad stuff was in direct opposition to God. I've hurt God. But the scripture goes on to say, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. God's grace and his forgiveness is available to anyone who seeks it. Because of his forgiveness, it allows us to move on from our sin, from our guilt, from our shame. The short version of this verse, you're a sinner. You've done wrong. Yes, you, all of us, me. No one's exempt from that. We're all in the same boat. 
But when we turn to Jesus and we ask Jesus into our lives and we ask Jesus for forgiveness, he offers us forgiveness for all of our sins, not just a little bit here and there. He doesn't just pick the sins he wants to forgive. No, he forgives freely all the sin of our life. And as Christ's followers who have received such an amazing gift, the very, the very best thing we can do as people who proclaim to walk with Christ is to try and model Christ's love as much as possible. And the best example of his love was his willingness to forgive, thus our willingness to also express that forgiveness. And the really eloquent words of another preacher I was listening to recently said, you can't give what you ain't got. If you haven't experienced love, it's hard to give love. If you haven't experienced compassion, it's hard to give compassion. If you haven't experienced kindness, it's hard to give kindness. If you haven't experienced forgiveness, it's hard to give forgiveness. But if you've experienced the love, the kindness, the compassion, and the forgiveness of Christ, then you should be compelled to offer that same kind of love, kindness, compassion, and forgiveness to others. We should have an eagerness within us to reconcile, to repent, to release the tension of wrongdoing. But I really can only ask this if you've been transformed by Christ. And if you have, then allow that grace of God, the grace of God put on display by Jesus to lead you towards the seeking and giving of forgiveness in your relationships. There's really two sides to this and both they take a lot of humility, valuing others above ourselves. We fall into one of two categories today. Maybe you actually fall into both. The first one, for some of us, we need to be seeking forgiveness. We need to recognize or be reminded how important of a feature forgiveness is to our relationships. And if we've wronged someone, we need to seek out that forgiveness. You know, Romans 12, it encourages us, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, like as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Is there a relationship that you have that's not at peace? Do some inward reflection here, okay? Figure it out. If you've done wrong to someone, if you've done something wrong, if so, call it out, speak into it. This is so important as followers of Jesus. In Matthew 5, Jesus shows us how important this is. He says, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Like if you're in church, getting ready to do the church thing, but you remember that you've offended somebody, you've hurt somebody, you've sinned against somebody, like leave your gift there at the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Our relationships matter. They matter to us, they matter to God. And if we've done something that requires forgiveness, then as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on me, do what we can to bring peace to that relationship. Say, you're sorry. It takes humility. It takes a repositioning of priorities. It takes valuing others more than ourselves. It takes recognizing that following Christ is more important than following what our pride wants. And if you have a relationship that's not at peace, maybe you need to be seeking forgiveness. Go and say you're sorry and ask for forgiveness. But let me give you an example of what I'm not talking about, okay? This is really important. No backhanded apologies. Just this past week, my 10-year-old got in a fight with my seven-year-old. Uh, he was just clearly wrong. He twisted her arm and hurt her and pushed her down. And so I told him, like, 
Isaac, you need to make it right. You, know, you need to go apologize to Ella. Make things right. And so he walks in, he looks at Ella, and he, he pauses, and you can tell he's, he's, he's really getting into it. This is going to be a serious apology. He says, Ella, I'm just so sorry that you were being so annoying and it made me want to hurt you. Right? No, no, that's not the type of apology I'm talking about. It's not going to fix anything. When we seek forgiveness, it can be so tempting to approach it in a way that's backhanded, or sometimes we feel like we need to explain our way out of it. When the best thing we can do, the best posture we can take is just own it. I love this phrase, Luke, our executive pastor, he says it often, he's like, just own your stuff. With humility, say, I've wronged you and I'm sorry. When you take that step, trust me, it's gonna require some difficult conversations. It's gonna take energy. It may be hard and difficult for you, especially those of you who love to avoid conflict, and that's plenty of us. But when we take that difficult step, when we honor others in that way, you're honoring God and you're doing your best to live at peace with others. And through your humility, Christ will be put on display. So let me ask you, is there a relationship in your life that's not at peace? And do you need to seek forgiveness? Because the only way to really move on in that relationship is to do so. I was in a meeting just uh, a few weeks ago and someone in that meeting, they said something to me or about me. It was kind of backhanded. And it really rubbed me the wrong way. It was probably right. Uh, but I just found myself a little bit embarrassed, a little bit hurt. It was a joke, but you know, there's a little bit of truth in every joke. And I actually left that meeting that day, like, like having these bad feelings towards that person, somebody I love, that I work with, that I care about. Like it just kind of simmered within me. And later that day, that person actually called me to apologize. I'm so glad they did. I had started to think all kinds of bad things about them when, when they obviously had crossed the line in my mind. And we take those steps when we realize that we've crossed the line and we seek forgiveness, our relationships, they become stronger. The person seeking forgiveness brought immediate healing and strengthening, not only to our relationship, but also made me think more of the person. But then, of course, there comes like the difficult question, what if they won't accept the forgiveness? Let me encourage you in this, okay? Do your best to live at peace with everyone. Ask for forgiveness. And if they won't accept it, well, then bless them and move on. Like, really move on. I mean, how do you move on if you've hurt somebody? You do your best to seek forgiveness. You do what you can. You own your stuff. You don't let it haunt you. You just know that you've honored Christ through your actions, you did your part, and you move on. For some of us, we already have the person in mind who we need to call this week. We need to seek forgiveness. But I wanna talk about the other side of the coin, okay? Maybe actually the more difficult position to be in for some of us today, we need to offer forgiveness. Now, I really think this can be more difficult of the two lessons. It takes a bit of humility to ask for forgiveness for sure but I think it takes a lot of humility to forgive and to actually be able to move on. Why is it more difficult? Well, the, the impact on the offended is unfair while the impact on the offender is deserved. It's hard for us to get over that. Like, let's be honest, okay? Someone's wronged me. I didn't do anything, so why should I be the one who has to forgive? They hurt me and I have to live with it. I mean, he gossiped behind my back at work and now everybody thinks of me a certain way. You know, I, I didn't have the affair, but now I got to deal with it. And I got to walk the kids through the mess of our relationship. 
I'm not the one who cheated on the project at school, but the entire group is penalized and I need to forgive. I'm the collateral damage. I got to live with what they did. But let me tell you, if we don't deal with it, the pain of that broken relationship will still be there. And under the surface, there will be this nagging, frustrating, irritating wrongdoing that's just poking at you and hurting you, and you'll never really be able to move on. That's the reason in Matthew 18, Jesus encouraged us, if someone's sinned against you, like, go call it out. Like, if, if someone's hurt you, if they've sinned against you, go call it out. Do it in a way that's tender and kind, but make sure they see it too. Because sometimes I'm the only one who can see the brokenness in the relationship. And when I offer my brother or sister my perspective, I allow them to see through my eyes. I allow them to, to hear how I heard that or, or for them to see how that felt to me. Well, it helps them to also see the conflict and the pain and to find a way to bring healing to that relationship. Matthew 18 says to go and call it out. Like, just don't, don't go talk about them behind their back. Like, go tell them how they hurt you. If that doesn't work, there will be more steps to the puzzle here. But for some of us, like, it's just easier to avoid it, right? Matthew 18 says someone has sinned against you. If they've missed the mark in some way, you should call it out. Stuff's not easy. Maybe it's easier just to get a new job than to deal with the ickiness of the relationship. You know, maybe it's easier just to get a divorce than really work through the tough issues that you have. Maybe it's easier to avoid that person. Like you're walking through Wegmans and you see them over in the chip aisle. So you turn down the spaghetti aisle. You're like, no, I'm, I'm not going near them, right? But as followers of Christ, we're not called to the easier path. We are called to the holier path. And the holiest of paths has us working hard to find peace with others, to work through the great friction of relationships, to find reconciliation and to be a reflection of God's grace and forgiveness and to really be able to take that and move on. We gotta engage it. We gotta seek reconciliation. And when the opportunity arises, we have to offer true forgiveness because not to forgive, it leads nowhere good. To not dig in and talk it out and offer forgiveness, well then you're stuck with the bitterness and the resentment and the frustration and the tension. And there's no real way for your relationships to be made whole again. Forgiveness, us modeling Christ's grace to us, it helps us to come overcome the friction and the tensions and see the real beauty of the relationship. Overcoming tension that comes with requesting and giving of forgiveness, it leads to Christ-likeness and Christ revealed to those around us. I don't want to overcomplicate it, so let me just break it down for you. Here's what Paul is saying. At the very tail end of a whole barrage of stuff about what it really looks like to live for Christ, he wraps it up with these words. He says that if you're a follower of Christ and you truly want to walk in righteousness and holiness, then here's what it takes, okay? Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ God, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind. It's hard, isn't it? We don't think everybody deserves our kindness. Paul didn't say be kind to some people. He said be kind. Be compassionate or tenderhearted. I know I can be cold-hearted in so many ways. Show compassion to one another. And then the big one, forgive one another. 
Like, really? You know what they did to me? And you want me to forgive them? Seriously? Yeah, that's, that's what Paul's saying. And why do we offer forgiveness? Don't miss this. This is it. Because God forgave you. We always think about what they did to us, but we rarely think about what we did to God. Yet he still forgives us freely. His grace overflows and runs into our lives. If you've experienced God's forgiveness, you can extend God's forgiveness. Or maybe you want to extend God's forgiveness. You're convicted and compelled to do so because what you've done has been nailed to the cross. Every sin, every wrong, it's all done. Don't forget how much of your sin God forgives. It's not a quarter or a half. For those who are in Christ, it's all of your sin. C.S. Lewis says to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. And when we realize that's true, we know that we should offer that kind of love and that kind of forgiveness. Our relationships come to life. Forgiveness is countercultural, but the beauty of forgiveness is that it reconciles relationships, it repairs, it reveals hope, and it releases compassion to help us truly understand the deep love that God has for us. And to really look like Jesus, we forgive, and then we forgive, and then we forgive time and time again. It can be hard to wrap our minds around how that works. But let's not forgive. Let's not forget that's exactly what Christ has done for us. You know, Peter, one of Jesus' best buds, uh, the one who will end up needing a lot of his forgiveness, uh, he's wrestling with this very thing. And he hears Jesus talking about forgiveness in Matthew 18. And finally, he's like, hey, Jesus, for real, like, li listen up. All right, I got to know how many times do I forgive someone? Like, for real, how many? Like seven you see, Peter thinks he's being clever because a good Jew would know that to offer forgiveness three times would have been sufficient. And so Peter's showing off a little bit. He's like, hey, I'm gonna show Jesus how holy I am. He's thinking, Jesus wants me to say three, so I'm gonna say seven. He's gonna see how generous and forgiving I am. So Jesus, what about seven times? Is that enough? But look at what Jesus has to say. Jesus says, I don't say seven times. I say 70 times, seven times. Well, now Jesus is really setting the bar high, isn't he? Like, whoa, 70 times, seven times? Jesus is trying to make a point. Forgiveness is limitless. That's what Jesus means when he says 70 times seven. He doesn't mean have a forgiveness checklist on the refrigerator, then check the box each time your brother sends against you. You forgive him and you forgive him until you get to box like 491. And then the forgiveness, like, oh, that just stops. And you burn the list and you bind your brother and the vengeance is yours. No, no, here Jesus is commanding Peter and us to stop counting and start forgiving. Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a permanent attitude. So strong words coming from him. Simply enough, we're to forgive when forgiveness is sought every single time. Will someone actually sin against you like 400 times? Maybe. I mean, I, I think I sin every day. Okay, I'm pretty sure I do. My wife would probably agree with that statement. I'm 36. So if I sin every day, that's about 13,000 plus sins. And many of those I'm surely came at someone else's expense. I mean, I, I've sinned a lot, y'all. Really exposing myself here. But don't worry, you're in the same boat, okay? 
Imagine if my wife and my kids and my friends and my church kept count. Imagine if God kept count. That'd be tough. But through Christ, we're reminded that God doesn't keep count, so neither should we. Because God forgave us when we ask. We forgive others when they ask. Plain and simple, that's what Christ-likeness looks like. Jesus goes on to illustrate the point with a parable, a story. And I'm going to adapt it a bit to myself. Okay, let's say I get myself into a big old pile of debt. I borrow like $20,000 from a friend. That's a ton of money. And I know today we're talking in stimulus talks with trillions of dollars, but to most people, like 20 grand is still a lot of money. And let's say my friend calls in that debt. At this point, I don't have it. I've been living with the burden. If you've ever been in debt, you know what that burden is like. Like, how am I going to make the payment? How am I going to pay this off? I just can't get ahead. My friend, now he calls in that debt. He says, pay up. I tell him I don't have it. So you see, he says, man, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to press charges. I'm going to have to come after you. Can you imagine the pain and the heaviness of that moment? Like the pressure you would feel? And so, so I beg him, like, please, please have mercy on me. Forgive me. Don't make me pay you right now. Give me more time. I'm so sorry that I can't pay back what I owe. And what happens next in this parable is absolutely amazing. Don't miss it. We aren't used to this because in our culture, when the bank calls in a debt and we say sorry, they say too bad. But in this parable, in this story, my friend shows compassion. He has mercy. He says, not only am I not going to press charges, I'm just going to wipe the slate clean. The debt is gone. You no longer owe me that $20,000. Friends, this is a great example of what Christ's love looks like for us. He's canceled our debt. For some of us, that debt is huge. Like we have messed up big time. But it doesn't matter how big the debt is, 20,000 or 1 million. When we ask God to have mercy on us, he cancels the debt. The 20,000 is wiped away. It's no longer my worry to carry. It's over, it's done, it's taken care of. I can move on. But the parable, it continues. Remember, the the debt's been wiped away. The 20,000 is taken care of. But I have another friend, and guess what? He owes me 500 bucks. And now I call that debt in. Now my 20,000 has been wiped away, but I want my 500. He doesn't have it. So what do I do? I I don't show mercy. No, I, I choke him out. I press charges. I don't let him off the hook. After all that's been done for me, after my debt has been paid, remember how good that felt? And now I'm not willing to do the same for somebody else. Like how unfair is that? Forgiveness is important in our relationship, friends. Don't miss this. And Jesus wants us to know just how important forgiveness is. And so he goes on and he says this. He says, then the master called the servant and I'm that servant, the one who had my debt paid and I asked somebody else to pay me. And he says, you wicked servants, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailer to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. He continues and he says, this is how my heavenly father will treat you, each of you, unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your hearts. You see, this tells us something. Jesus takes this forgiveness thing pretty seriously. 
and he shoots pretty straight with us, that to not forgive when forgiveness is sought for those who have experienced the forgiveness of Christ is unacceptable. When we have experienced the greatest example of forgiveness, the the forgiveness of all of our sins, like all of them through Christ Jesus, our Lord, but we're not willing to offer it to somebody else, it's unacceptable. It's not Christ's likeness. You know, we don't just say we forgive and hold grudges. Jesus says to truly forgive from your heart because that's the example that Christ has set for us. We forgive because we are forgiven. If you want to have relationships that are real and beautiful, relationships that are life-giving, then can I just encourage you to do the serious work of seeking and giving forgiveness all the while remembering that your brother or sister, they're going to continue to miss the mark just as you do, yet just as God continues to forgive you, so we should forgive others. Relationships require abundant forgiveness. If you've hurt somebody, be quick to seek forgiveness. If someone asks you for forgiveness, be quick to give forgiveness. And remember, the person that you're having trouble forgiving, Jesus wouldn't hesitate to forgive. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If you don't, you'll never really be able to move on. So I'm going to ask you to do something right now. This is where the rubber meets the road, okay? Do you have a relationship where there's friction? Like really think about it. Do an inventory. Let yourself really think about that and come to terms with the fact, is there a relationship where there's friction? It doesn't matter how big or how small. A relationship where you haven't been on speaking terms for years, or maybe it's this small tension that you just keep sweeping under the rug because it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to ask you to make a big step, and that's to deal with it. Not tomorrow, not next week, now. Open your text messages, make the phone call. And wherever that friction exists, seek forgiveness, own your stuff, or be willing to express the hurt that you felt and be ready to offer real forgiveness from your heart. Deal with it. That honors Christ. It allows us to pursue holiness. And you just wait and see how God uses that humble act to really help you move on. Who do you need to forgive? Who have you hurt that you need to seek forgiveness? Go and do it. And remember the beautiful example that Christ set for us, that he forgives us time and time and time again. Let's pray. God, we come before you in these moments and God, we just, we marvel at how how amazing your grace is and we humble ourselves to, to accept your love and your forgiveness time and time again that God, as we seek you, as we confess our sin, as we repent, no matter how many times we come up short, you continue to pay the debt. You continue to get it out of our lives so that we can move on from our sin. 
And God, because of that, stir up within each of us who claim to be followers of Christ, the desire, the will, the ambition, the confidence to overcome conflict and to seek forgiveness and to offer forgiveness. That God, we would take that seriously. That we'd make those moves now and that God, through it, somehow, some way, you would help us to move on. You would make our relationship stronger and you would bring more glory to yourself than ever before. Jesus, we give you praise. We thank you again for your love for us. Amen.